0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the To the Point podcast. Hope everybody's doing well. And this morning, I'm fortunate to be joined by a former QMH, QMJHL player, current ECHL player, played in the AHL this year. This guy's been everywhere uh, in the 2021-2020-2021 uh, season. But um, joined by by my friend uh, Dominic Cormier. Dominic, uh, thanks so much for uh, for joining me. Hey, uh, thanks for having me on here. Um. So. Yeah, off the top, I mean, you've played, I mentioned all over the place this year, uh, you know, in Rapid City for Wheeling for Allen. How has it been for you kind of navigating the world in the States during this uh, COVID era?
1: I mean, uh, I think when I first came down, across the border to go to Rapid, it was, uh, I wasn't sure what to expect. Um, But as soon as I crossed, I realized like in the States right now, they're, they're pretending like COVID is almost not a thing um everything's open everyone's doing everything they would on a normal day so i mean depends what state you're in uh depends on if you wear a mask or not basically but uh, all the teams and the whole league we have a pretty serious uh protocol for for what we can do and what we cannot do so we basically live at the apartments go to the rink get groceries and then come back and if we go out in public we have to wear a mask all the time so it's uh, it's been a little different, but, uh, it is what it is. I mean, at least we get to play hockey. So.
0: Right. And you're, you're in Allen, Texas. Now, do you guys have, uh, like full capacity or what's the, uh, what's the crowd like?
1: So I think we're at about for full capacity. I think the rink holds like 7,000, I want to say. And right now we're at like 3000, I think. And I think it's going to stay like that for the rest of the year. Um, like Texas Rangers are starting up here and close by and they're allowed to do full capacity. So we'd be allowed to, but I think uh just looking out for even the fans and everything, we're only keeping it to like maximum three thousand.
0: Right. Yeah. I know the the Jays actually play there during their home opener. Uh yeah. could you guys go to the games or is that be like a protocol uh, you can't go?
1: I'm not sure. I haven't really asked, but I saw that they're coming here on April fifth. Mm-hmm. So April fifth, sixth, and seventh, I think. So um, depending if we have games or not or whatever, but, uh, I'll, am definitely going to
0: find that out. Um, yeah, obviously you played in Quebec being in, you know, rapid, rapid city, wheeling, uh, Texas. What, what's been your favorite locale that you've, uh, stayed at? you know, a different, different parts of your career. What's your favorite place that you've uh, lived in? Uh,
1: I mean, I'd say as of right now, it's probably Texas. i mean, waking up and it's already like 20, 23 degrees outside, sunny. Um, it's hard, kind of hard to beat that. And then after practice, we all just go chill at the pool here at the apartments. So that's definitely uh, definitely a good lifestyle. But I think uh, probably Ramuski when I played there my first couple of years of junior. Uh, the city there was unbelievable. The fans were crazy for us. And, uh, they were just diehard hockey fans over there. And uh, I was lucky enough to have a good team a couple of years. So that definitely helped too.
0: Yeah. You mentioned playing in Rimouski to start your Q career before you got there as, you know, as a youngster, kind of before the Q, when did, when did it kind of click for you that you, you know, playing in the Q could become a reality?
1: Uh, I feel like, uh, so I started off at a prep school before the Q and, uh, probably the year before, uh, I started in the queue. So my 16 year, I was at Cushing Academy down in by Boston area. And, uh, I had just gotten drafted the summer before and, uh, I went to camp, whatever, went back to school. And then, uh, when I was at camp that my 16 year, I realized like, I, I could probably, uh, maybe jump in next year and, uh, make an impact in the queue right away. So, I think uh, for me, just building confidence through
0: that, uh, my 16 year going back to school, I think that really helped. Right. And, you know, you kind of did an unconventional route, you know, a little bit playing at Cushing rather than, you know, you had the Moncton Flyers, which I'm sure you could have played for, or, you know, some other good routes in Moncton. Why did you go uh, with the prep school route? Uh,
1: so my, uh, in Bantam, I was, a little bit smaller still. Uh, I played my first year Bantam with the Dieppe Flyers. And then uh, I was just, I wasn't sure I was, if I was going to make the midget team my first year, just looking ahead. Um, so then me and my parents started looking at schools down, uh, down in the States. And then uh, I was lucky enough to get, uh, get accepted into one. And then uh, from there, I just stayed down there for three years and I, I loved every minute of it. And then Eventually, uh, when Ramuski drafted me, I kind of started realizing like maybe I could make the jump to the queue. So, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, the goal or the plan was to stay down in the school route. But uh, I think for me, for hockey wise, it was better to uh, jump to Ramuski at 17.
0: Right. And, you know, being down there, was it easier for you to kind of, you know, go to Ramuski, being away from home, having that experience of, of being in the States?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I was living away from home since uh, since ninth grade, so uh, jumping into Ramuski, especially since it was closer to home, uh, it was only like five hours away. So uh, I think I think
0: it was an easy adjustment for me living away from home there. Um, so looking back at your junior career, you played two hundred fifty nine QM, QMJHL games, uh, no small feat there. Um, what? How would what was, uh, what was your, how did, uh, describe your playing style from when you entered the league to, uh, you know, coming out of it now?
1: I think, uh, when I first got there at 17, I was just kind of, uh, trying to fit in. Uh, we had a lot of D back in the year before Rimouski won the mem cup or the president's cup. So, uh, you know, they had a lot of vets coming back and, uh, I was just kind of following their role, following their lead, that sort of thing. And then, um, I think as the year went on, I just gained more confidence in, in my offensive side, and then uh, found myself being more of a more of an offensive defense throughout the years.
0: Right, and uh, what what was it like, um, being, playing for Ramuski? I mean, they're a storied franchise. You know, Sidney Crosby. You ended up playing with with Lafreniere. Yeah. Um, do, was it was it was there a certain aura playing in Ramuski?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it was just a winning organization. I mean they Brad Richards, LeCavalier, Crosby, Lafreniere now. I mean, they're, they're, the list just goes on and on of guys that have just came out of there. I mean, it was, uh, it was like I said, it was definitely a hockey community. Even the fans were all in. Um, it, it was really a good time.
0: Um, you Obviously, you said playing with Lafreniere. Uh, what, was, what was it like going up against him in practice?
1: Yeah. So he was, uh, he was actually still 15 when he came. Cause he's got a late birthday. So the first couple of months he was a 15 and I was uh, I think I was 19 then my 19 year. So I only had half a year playing with him, but uh, yeah, he was really good. He was uh, he was like six foot, 200 pounds at 15, just a big boy. He was uh, he was the real deal at 15. So it was only a matter of time before he, uh, he made that jump to the NHL. Did he uh? Did he ever get you
0: in practice? Did he ever burn oh, you?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. He was uh, he was really good. Probably the most skilled guy I've ever gone up against.
0: Right. Um, who who are some other players that you know you played against in your junior career that you'd say would be the toughest players you've you've gone up against?
1: I'd probably say uh, Pierre Luc Dubois uh, with the Jets now. Uh, he was he was big too uh just a big fast forward um who else probably uh when i played with max contua in victoriaville for half a year he was uh he was just dominant he was big big strong could do basically anything on the ice um yeah maybe even like uh timo meyer i played against him when he played for rouen he was uh, another big forward. These guys were just ready to make that jump already playing, so it was just a matter of time before they made they made that jump.
0: Right. Um, just going back to Comtois for a second. Obviously, people know him for that World Juniors, and then you know all the fallout that happened with the the death threats and all that negativity. What what was he like, you know, as, as a guy and kind of as as a leader?
1: Yeah. He I uh, so he came back from World Juniors a bit late um because they went to the finals or whatever and then uh he uh he came back and he was positive he was ready to win with victoriaville so uh right away we got along great um he was an awesome leader for us and obviously helped us so much
0: during that uh the playoff run that we had um yeah uh so playing for a lot of your your a lot of your career in ramuski then being traded to Victoriaville at the tail end of your career. How was that for you? How did you react to, to that trade? Uh, first it was, it was a little
1: weird, uh, playing two and a half years in Rimouski. And then, uh, kind of when Rimouski was trying to get it, go after it, like the, the cup, I got traded to Victor who was also going after the cup. So, I mean, it wasn't, uh, that wasn't too sad for me, but I mean, uh, it's it's the business of hockey these days. Uh, one day you're you're on one team the next year you're finding yourself on another. So, I mean, the guys in Victo were great. Uh, the coaching staff there was awesome. And uh, I honestly think uh, from that half year of 19 and my 20 year in Victo, I think that's when uh, my game uh, really took off.
0: Yeah. Uh, I just looking at your stats, I mean, that tail end of, of the year in Victo, you had, you know, over 25 points in, in 33 games then you had 44 the next year uh, in a full season with Victoriaville. Uh, what's the differences differences between the two the two places when it comes to the organization and you know the drive to win?
1: Yeah, I think um, Ramuski was obviously a winning winning organization. Just every everyone that's gone through there succeeds, and then uh, Victoriaville, a smaller city, uh, all the fans. My 19 year. They knew us wherever we'd go. We were, uh, we were treated as kings in Victoriaville uh, that 19 year. Um, and then, I mean, uh, everyone in the city wanted to win. It wasn't just us, so that was, that was a huge, I think uh, every game after Christmas or something, we were sold out. So that showed how much they were, uh, the fans were buying into uh, the hockey in Victoriaville, which was huge for the city too. And uh, being able to uh, go pretty deep in that playoffs for, uh, for the city of Victo was, was pretty cool.
0: And I should have asked you this earlier, but obviously you got to, uh, if anybody hears your name, it, it sounds French. But obviously listening to you, I know you, you're, you're an English guy. What was it like going to Rimouski and then Victoriaville being, you know, English being your, your first language?
1: Uh, my first couple of years, my first two years in Victo or Rimouski, sorry, it, it was different. But I would say Ramouski. There's, there's quite a bit of English there still, since it's kind of almost in New Brunswick, still the northern part, but uh, that, that was a little different. But then as the years went on, I, uh, I'm pretty uh, fluent in French now. So, uh, right. I mean, I went to school in French when I was younger, going through middle school and that sort of stuff. So that was all right. And then being in Victo, my 19, and 20 years, basically all French for me. So I had to get used to it pretty quick.
0: So in the long run, it might have been a, a good advantage. If you end up coming back to New Brunswick, you might get a, yeah, a job. Exactly. in the future. It could be definitely uh, beneficial for you.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: Um, all your time in the queue. What's your, what was your favorite moment? If you had to pick one, what, what, what's your favorite moment from all your, t- in the 259 games that you played?
1: Uh, I'd either say uh, getting the, uh, my first year. We uh, we actually had the home opener in the Vidéotron Center in Quebec,
0: mm. and
1: uh, that was actually a sold out game. So I think it was like eighteen thousand there, and uh, we came out for warm ups and it was already full. Like everyone was already there, and they were just booing us when we came out. And it was that was a pretty cool feeling. I mean, uh, the rivalry between Quebec and Rimouski has always been there uh, for years now. Um, two teams that have great organizations, both win a lot. Um, yeah, or I, or I think, uh, my 19 year Victor, when I got traded there, we, uh, we had the outdoor game against Drummondville and, um, that, uh, Drummondville, Victoriaville rivalry that year was, was pretty crazy. I mean, two, two teams, uh, about 35 minutes apart from each other. were. uh, we both going for the cops. So things got pretty heated in, in those games. Do you remember
0: your first QMJHL goal?
1: Yeah, it was actually in Bay Como, I think. Uh, oh really? Yeah. yeah just a shot from the blue line and uh yeah found its way in the net
0: What <laughs> I've I've talked to Sawyer about Baycomo and I've actually went to a playoff game there but describe what it's like being on the ice in Baycomo because it's such a small rink and a passionate uh, passionate fan base yeah
1: especially when I was with uh Rimouski. that was a heated rivalry we had with them I mean uh pretty close teams too so I mean it, it, it got pretty crazy in those games and those fans over there They yeah they love the hockey there so I mean it was, it was fun going there um wasn't my style of rink being a smaller rink but uh I mean it is what it is we uh had some pretty decent success in that ring, so it I liked it a bit
0: yeah um so moving from the queue, you decided to go to U Ottawa, um, and you, you had a successful year, you know, 20 points in 27 games going to school. Um, did, did you have offers to go pro or did you, was school always the, the first option for you? Yeah.
1: A few teams in the, in the East coast talked to me, uh, they reached out, but, uh, for me, I wanted to at least, uh, go to school for one year, just see what it was like at least. And then, uh, Make my decision after that, but uh, yeah, I mean, there was a few East Coast teams. I'd probably say three or four that had reached out, um, but uh, I had decided pretty early that I was going to go to Ottawa in about January of my 20 year. So that was that was pretty early, a pretty early decision. So I kind of knew from then I was going to go to Ottawa. Um, yeah.
0: Right. H- how was that? Did you enjoy the school experience? Yeah, it was definitely a good
1: time. We had uh, we had a great group of guys there too. Um, and we went, uh, we were supposed to play in the nationals. So that, that was, uh, we had a really good team too. A bunch of uh, guys that were graduating after that year because uh, the program had just restarted four years back. So all those guys were, were fourth years and uh, we, had, we definitely had a team to win it all. Um, it sucked that uh, we didn't get to play play any games at nationals, but uh, I mean, we had a successful season. I mean, uh, we were top in our league, won everything there, and then lost to Guelph in the finals of uh, the Queen's Cup in third overtime. So it was definitely right down to the wire. But we had a great group of guys, and uh, it was an awesome time.
0: Um, so yeah, you go through that year. Pretty successful, as you said, had a lot of fun in Ottawa. Why did you decide to, to leave and then you know take the East Coast route that you're on now?
1: I think it was uh, just me feeling ready to uh, make the steps to pro. I mean, uh, still being a young D in the coast right now, uh, most defense here are graduating college in the States at, I think, 25, 24, 25. So I felt uh, if I can get uh, get my feet wet this year, um, my rookie season over with, and then, uh, being only 23, I'm still, still a young D in this league, young player in this league. So I think, uh, that's good for me since, uh, I'm here in Allen on a good team here and, uh, being able to show that I can play at a young age, it'll, it'll only help me.
0: Right. Um, did, did any of the uh, like COVID, you know, un, you know, with the team not being able to play, you know, uh, with U sports and everything this year, did that come into your decision?
1: Uh kind of, but I think uh my decision was made to sign in Reading. Uh the firm team with the Flyers, uh mm-hmm. that made that decision in I'd say probably May. So the U Sports season hadn't been canceled yet, but uh obviously it wasn't looking good. Um, but my decision had been made before before that.
0: So through this whole year, like you said, Reading, Rapid City, uh, you know, Wheeling, Allen uh what what's the east coast game like for people that don't get to watch it all the time how would you describe the style of play
1: it's definitely fast uh real fast big guys out here uh there's a lot of uh it's a lot of grit down here um you know like i said earlier there's three and threes four games in five days all that stuff so it's, it's definitely a grind on the body but uh you know, it's just a matter of how good you can take care of your body, but uh, it's definitely a fast league, skilled league, um, you know, big guys going at it every night. So it's definitely a good league, fun league to watch too. Uh, it's pretty exciting.
0: Is there, uh, is there still some heavyweights? We see the game kind of transitioning from the fighting type, but do you see, is there a lot of fighting in the, in the coast?
1: Um it depends what uh, what team I guess you're going up against, but I'd say those uh, those heavyweight fighters they're uh, they're finding the other heavyweights on the other team. So I mean, uh, it's not uh, it's not like they're jumping skill guys or anything like that, serious. But uh, you know, it's that's obviously part of the game, and in the coast, I think uh, it's a bigger part of the game. You know, that can get the get the team going or something. So I think um, we use it for we utilize it down here to uh, you know get that spark when we need it or whatever
0: um you got a stint with Wilkes-Barre uh, in the AHL for obviously the Penguins affiliate how was that uh ex- experience for you you know getting the promotion to the AHL and, and actually getting to play a few games
1: yeah that was awesome I mean I think uh I had just gotten to Wheeling and I played one game and then uh, after that game they called me up so it was definitely exciting for me uh, to get that call up. And uh, I was lucky enough to get into a game against Lehigh Valley, um, which was really cool. It was completely different, just all skill, speed. Uh, the execution was always there and, uh, guys were talking all around. So it was definitely a different game. I think it was easier to play in, uh, you know, guys are always there to support whatever the case may be. So it was definitely a great experience.
0: Did you get to, uh, was Pierre Olivier Joseph, Playing with you that night, or is he still uh, in Pittsburgh?
1: No, he was in Pittsburgh. So, um, yeah, there was a guy I played junior with, Mikhail Jolie. He mm-hmm. was in with me for uh, for my first season, so I knew him there. But other than that, uh, yeah, it was mostly just guys that were already all there in the uh, in Wilkes.
0: What? Yeah, that's the organization that's kind of been. Lot is a great HL organization just you know class and um having some really good prospects come up uh would you would you agree with that sentiment yeah
1: yeah i definitely agree i mean i think pittsburgh does it right they they truly build from the coast right through to the a right to the nhl i mean there's a lot of guys that uh, on the penguins pittsburgh penguins roster right now that uh, started in wheeling moved up to Wilkes, and then moved right up to the penguins so i think they have a great system going on there and uh, good communication from the top
0: down so playing in, in Wilkes and then you said you were in Reading and then kind of, we said this before the podcast, but tell us the story of when you were, you were released and you, you were driving back to, to Moncton, correct. And, uh, you, you got a call from, uh, the Allen, uh, head coach.
1: Yeah. So, uh, I was, uh, I was leaving Wheeling. I was in Boston cause I used to go to school there. So I was visiting, uh, my friends down there. And uh, as I was just about to leave to head back to Moncton um, coach and Allen and my agent reach out. And then uh, they said that I, I was going out Al- that Allen was signing me, but uh, I had to be here. It's probably Wednesday around 1 PM. And uh, I had to be in Allen Friday for Friday morning at the, at the latest for uh, for morning skate. Cause I was playing Friday night. So that was a 26 hour drive to, uh, to Allen, Texas from Boston but I mean, it was worth it. So,
0: yeah. Did you have to sleep in your car? Or were you allowed to stay at hotels? What what was the uh, protocol like for that?
1: Uh, no, I was allowed to stay in a hotel. I stayed in a hotel uh, Wednesday night and then I arrived late Thursday night here in Allen. Right.
0: Um, how was that, you know, jumping into a new organization after driving and then you get to morning skate, not knowing anybody. How, how was that for you?
1: Uh, it, it was all right. I think I would almost rather that than kind of wait around Um you know i get to, i got to jump right in right away that night and then uh morning skate was kind of just 10 15 minutes so i met met the guys there i knew a couple guys from uh from before so that was good at least and then uh you know just i think it was uh, it was almost best that we got in the game right away just not having to worry about you know unpacking or any of that sort of
0: stuff so uh in the coast this year have you had to play games without fans
1: um no i haven't yet Really? Yeah, in Rapid City, there was no uh, limit for capacity. So we, when I was there, we had quite a few sellout games, which was probably like six thousand. Uh, Wheeling, when I was there, we had a um, we had a maximum of thousand one hundred, I think, but they got a bit smaller of a rink, so it didn't it didn't look that much different. And then here in Allen, we're at about three thousand max.
0: Yeah. Do you think you think that'd be weird? no fans do you think yeah i think i
1: mean uh we uh when i was in wilkes we had the exhibition against lehigh and uh obviously it's a bit bigger of a rink in the a and then uh i think the maximum there was like 500 fans or something so it it looked pretty empty but at least there was still a bit of people there but i i would say it's uh it's a lot different without the fans there
0: um being just day-to-day communicating with coaches and everything do you do you miss out on some communication because of COVID protocols and masks and everything, or do you get, can you get, you know, one-on-one coaching or, you know, training, you know, on on a regular basis?
1: Yeah, I'd say mostly everything at the rink stayed the same. I mean, the gyms there, everything basically stayed the same for us. I mean, we're tested uh, even if we've had it, we're tested uh, two times a week and we get our temp checks every morning. So uh, they're doing uh, pretty good safety protocols here to make sure that everything can stay as normal as possible for us uh, practice at practice, in the gym, anything like that.
0: Um, so Thursday night, you got your first uh, pro point, you know, playing pro hockey. Uh, how, how was that moment? For, obviously, it was an assist, but how was, that, how was that moment for you?
1: Yeah, it was pretty cool, especially to be able to, uh, to get that against uh, Rapid City. It was, uh, it was pretty cool um you know it was on the pk so i was definitely wasn't expecting my first point to come on the pk but i mean i guess i'll take it
0: right did you get to keep the game puck
1: no i didn't uh i didn't get to keep the game puck but uh it is what it is yeah
0: did the other team take it
1: no i don't know where it went uh i wasn't really i wasn't too worried about it but uh we'll see
0: uh and you know you're playing this year in the you know, ECHL, you said the season regular season goes till June. You said you got like 30 games in 72 days, which is crazy amount of hockey. Yeah. Uh, but after this year, do you keep on planning? Do you plan on continuing the journey through the coast HL? Uh, what's your what's your long term? What's your long term plans?
1: Uh, I'd say for next year. uh, So actually, since Reading folded due to COVID, um, anyone that signed on a team that folded has to go back to that team next year if they want to play in the coast. So I'll have to go back to Reading next year. So uh, we had a really good team. Uh, Like a lot of the guys signed are are playing this year on other teams. So we're all uh, we're all ready to go for next year too. So I think uh, I'll be in Reading next year, and then uh we're going to have a really solid team over there so i think i'm just going to take it year by year and then uh you know you never know what could happen being a young defense uh you know everyone's kind of looking for to upgrade on the back end and uh, get more uh, better skating d's and stuff so i think that's right up my alley and then you never know what can happen from there
0: right and have you had to change your game being in the east coast league you mentioned's fast but the a lot of hard hits on on defense uh have you had to change your game any uh since since the switch from say junior until till pro
1: uh i mean i think always just working on my d zone game um that can never be uh can never get good enough you know what i mean so um i think just working on that but i i'd say i would my game hasn't changed overly um Obviously the first game in the league was, uh, was a little different, but getting used to it. But other than that, once I got, uh, got my confidence going and all that, I think my game didn't really change much looking back from, from junior to now.
0: For people who haven't seen you play, who's, uh, who's your player comparison from the NHL right now? Who would you compare yourself to?
1: Uh, I mean, I, uh, I try to compare my game to uh, model my game after Chris Letang from the penguins. So, I mean, it's a pretty big, uh, pretty big name, but uh, I'd say that's who I try to uh, try to play like.
0: Right, uh, you got you got his dangles.
1: I mean, I try to sometimes doesn't always work out, but uh, you know, at least uh, at least I'm trying them sometimes.
0: Right. No. Well. Um... Dom, it was, it was great to catch up with you. I, uh, I really appreciate you uh, coming on the podcast and uh, you know, best of luck the rest of the year and, and we'll have to do this again.
1: That sounds good, man. Thanks for having me on.
0: Uh, everybody, thanks for checking out this interview. Uh, thanks again to Dom. Uh, I'll be back on here soon, but until then, take care and we'll talk soon.